friends, as I begin today, I want to read this passage of Scripture from Luke 19, beginning with verse 28. It's about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After Jesus had said this, He went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As He approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, He sent two of His disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know that you're here. If you're on the website, we'd love to hear from you too. Hey, send us a prayer request or a praise report. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the church app. How are you doing today? Wow, what a week of snow and ice and cold weather. I pray that you are doing okay in spite of any challenges you may have faced this week. We had a broken pipe at home, and that was no fun. But God was faithful in helping us to get it fixed. I pray you have experienced God's faithfulness this week in whatever way you have had need. And of course, we're all glad this weather has warmed up a bit. Well, there is great excitement in the air today as well. For those who are ready, we are returning to in-sanctuary worship. Hallelujah! And I'm also launching a new Lenten message series titled Holy Week, focused on the last week of Jesus' earthly life. Over these next seven weeks of Lent, I want us to look closely at those last few days of Jesus' life and consider their importance then and their profound impact upon us today. During these seven weeks, this season of Lent, Christ followers traditionally repent and reflect. We repent of our sins and, and our shortcomings, and we reflect upon our spiritual lives. We recognize our need for God, our need for a Savior and use these 40 days, not counting Sundays, to, to draw closer to God, draw closer to Jesus. Using scripture reading, prayer, fasting, giving up something, these are all means to help stir up our hearts and refuel our spiritual passion. As we journey toward Holy Week, that most amazing of weeks, 
When Jesus embraced the horror of the cross and then experienced the glory of the resurrection, we are also encouraged to ask the questions, what does this mean for me? How does Jesus' life, death, and resurrection impact my life? And what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus today? What does it mean for me to follow in His steps? You know, early in my Christian walk, I remember encountering Jesus' words in Matthew 16, 24, when He said this, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. When I was a brand new Christian, this verse captivated me. And ever since then, I've continued to ask, what do his words mean for me today? What do they mean for you today? As we begin this series, I want us to focus on Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This was a day of huge importance and significance. 2,000 years ago, there was great excitement and anticipation as Jesus approached Jerusalem, that ancient city where the Jewish temple stood. Though the crowd was excited, the disciples were particularly fired up. For three years, they had seen how Jesus' teaching and healing ministry had impacted so many. And though He had tried to prepare His disciples for His coming death, they too were caught up with messianic expectation. The prophets of old had written of a coming king who would establish his kingdom with righteousness, justice, and power. There was anticipation that Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem for Passover might be the time when he would do just that. The people shouted and praised God in loud voices for all the miracles and the wonders they had seen. In Luke 19.38, we hear, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. In Matthew 21.9, they shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means help, save, rescue us. The people were ready to see Jesus do something special to establish Himself as the long-awaited Messiah, Savior, King. There was a lot of excitement. Remember this, there is always excitement whenever Jesus comes. When He is present, anything can happen. It was true then, it's true today. In my own life, in high school, I saw Jesus Christ transform my dad's heart. In college, I saw my friend Chip's eyes healed. During the birth of our third daughter, Sarah, I saw Kathy, my wife's life, miraculously spared. During birth, she ruptured her uterus and was bleeding internally. An alert nurse caught it. The doctor rushed back in. They did emergency surgery and her life was saved. When Jesus is present, you never know exactly what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. In the four churches that I've served, there have been countless lives changed. Whenever Jesus shows up, 
there is excitement and anticipation. If you need hope, a miracle, new life, you are in the right place. Jesus is right here with us. Notice from the text, Jesus intentionally rode a donkey into Jerusalem. It was his idea, something that he planned all along. In Luke 19, 30, 31, Jesus told two of his disciples, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Why ride a donkey? Why not just walk? Jesus was making a statement. Jesus was causing a stir. Jesus was creating a hype. He was creating a buzz. The prophets had spoken of a coming king. Zechariah the prophet had specifically spoken about it. He said in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and what? Riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus' statement was very pointed. I am fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy. I am that king, gentle, righteous, having salvation. Jesus created quite a stir, quite a buzz with His coming. Remember this, Jesus still comes gentle, Righteous, having salvation today. Gentle, He never forces Himself on anyone. Righteous, Jesus is the only person you and I can completely trust. He is truly holy and righteous and good. Having salvation, He truly does save any person who comes to Him with simple childlike faith. You know, every now and then I run into a person who says, you know what, I don't believe. And I tell myself, that's okay. There's probably a reason they feel that way. There's probably a story behind that emotion. But you know what I've learned? Things can change. John Wesley trained his traveling preachers to look for receptivity. He said, if people are receptive, spend time Stay there in that town. Help them to understand and begin to walk in faith. But if you preach and they're not receptive, don't worry about that. Go on to the next town. They're not receptive right now. But that doesn't mean things can't change. Come back in a few, moment, a few months. Preach again. And often, he said, you'll find things have changed. There will be a new receptivity. Whatever your need today, maybe it's for forgiveness or healing or meaning or purpose or hope, Jesus comes gentle, righteous, and having salvation again today. Notice the disciples were out front leading the way. The people closest to Jesus were most excited. They'd heard His teaching. They'd seen the miracles. They'd experienced the joy of His ministry. It's no surprise that they were leading the way. 
Luke 19.37 says, When he came near to the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of who? Of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. Those closest to Christ were leading the way. Remember this, when we've experienced Christ's miracles, we too lead the way. Have you seen Jesus' miracles? Are you close enough to Christ that you have seen what He can do? I want to see Christ's miracles. I want to experience His power. We need to know Him, to get close to Him, to even become friends. How do we get close? Spending time. Prayer, Bible study, hearing others teach, learning from others. That's why I love the body of Christ, the church. When it functions as it's intended to, it is the best means to help you and I grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You experience worship. You get connected in fellowship and small groups. You experience the joy of doing ministry. The early disciples were fired up. They were out front leading the way. Notice next, for some, that first Palm Sunday was threatening, especially the Jewish leaders. To call Jesus king would probably, they knew, upset the Romans. The Romans always said, we only have one king. His name is Caesar. Who's this Jesus? But the people were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, which means save us, save us. To call Jesus king might draw the ire of the Romans, but it was also an affront to the Jewish leaders. If Jesus truly is king, then some of their authority is diminished, as they were the de facto rulers of Israel. In Luke 19.39, we read, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop shouting what they're shouting. Jesus said, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Again, Jesus is making a statement. I am, in fact, that long-awaited king. The people, they do have it right. I am here to do a new thing. Remember this, Jesus comes to shake up the status quo. He is never satisfied with our world the way that it is. That means He brings change. That means He wants to see new beginnings. That means we need to be open to the new things that God is doing. In our quest for order and understanding, we sometimes put God in a box. We sometimes box God in. That's what the Pharisees did. The long-awaited Messiah was in their midst, but they didn't recognize Him. They were blinded by pride and, and self-sufficiency and arrogance. They missed what God was doing. And you know what? We can too. I don't know about you, but I want to stick close to Jesus even as He often shakes up our status quo. 
For some, that first Palm Sunday was threatening. For others, it must have been disappointing. For all the fanfare that came with Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem, if this day was to mark the beginning of a new era, a new day, a new beginning in the faith, in Mark's gospel, it came off like a dud. We read in Mark 11, 11, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He went, he looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus went to the temple. All eyes were upon him. The stage was set for something big. Anticipation was high. There was electricity. If you were going to do something special, this was the moment. And the Temple Mount certainly was the place. But Jesus did nothing. He came and left. No declaration, no coronation, no supernatural God moment. Not at all what they expected. So what do you do when God seems to let you down? You have plans, ideas, hopes, dreams. You expect and anticipate things are going to turn out a certain way. But things then don't turn out that way. Has that ever happened to you? What do we do then? Remember this. Letdowns with Jesus are never permanent. Though things or other people may fail us, and you know what? That does happen. Hello? We've all experienced that. Yet in the long run, as we trust in Jesus, believe in Him, hold on to our faith in Him, get this, He is the one, Jesus, who will see us through. Those early disciples were probably disappointed at the close of that first Palm Sunday. They were anticipating something special at the temple. It didn't happen like they thought. They kept expecting something special all week. It didn't happen like they anticipated. They were disappointed early in the week. They were devastated on Friday later in the week. But Jesus wasn't done yet. He knew Sunday was coming. For some, Jesus' triumphal entry was threatening. For others, it was perhaps disappointing. For Jesus, it was defining. Yes, He was coming to fulfill ancient prophecies. Yes, He was coming to establish a new kingdom upon the earth. Yes, He was the long-awaited Messiah, anointed one, king. But He was not coming to simply free Israel from the tyranny of the Romans. He was thinking long-term, big picture, eternal significance. In John 18, 36, we read, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of God. He came to do the will of the one who sent him. His motivation was love, not power. Jesus came to Jerusalem that you and I might be free. 
free from sin and sickness. Some things do get a hold of us, free from guilt and shame. We've all done things that we're not proud of, free from meaninglessness and despair. Sometimes we are at the end of our rope and, and we even wonder if anyone cares. Perhaps you've felt like that during this pandemic. Jesus came to set the captives free. He understood the pathway that would make it possible was not a crown, but a cross. And He came to Jerusalem prepared to pay that price, to lay down His life for our sin and our salvation so that we could be truly free. That is some wonderfully great news. Amen? See, your King does come to you, gentle, righteous, having salvation, riding on a donkey. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we are intrigued and amazed by the story that unfolded some 2,000 years ago during Holy Week, those last days of Jesus' life. It began with great excitement and anticipation, and Jesus intentionally stirred up the crowd. He was the long-awaited King, and He would establish His kingdom. But His motive was love, not power. His pathway led to a cross, not a crown. Lord, as we consider Jesus' life, as we walk our own journey of discipleship this Lenten season, may His life inspire our own as we consider what it means for us today to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope and pray the message spoke to you today. God wants you to know that His love and compassion are real. Long ago, the prophets of Israel began to speak of this coming Messiah, anointed one, this coming King who would bring justice and righteousness and peace and, and save people from oppression. Jesus did come to Jerusalem, humble, righteous, having salvation. Many people recognized Him. Others did not. It's still that way today. Some recognize Him. Others do not. Do you recognize Jesus? He doesn't force Himself on anyone. But to those who so choose, He provides grace, forgiveness, and salvation. You know, if you have questions about the message today, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about this new life in Jesus Christ, I'd love to visit with you about that too. Maybe you joined us today and you have prayer requests or praise reports. Send them to us. We want to hear from you. Use the app or go to the website. Are you grateful for God's many blessings in your life? You know, your expressions of generosity are a tangible way to thank God and to impact the work of His kingdom. You can use text to give, the app, 
go to the website or mail-in contributions. And you know, as we are a little behind as we've begun the new year, your generosity can make a tremendous difference. Thank you so much. Be sure to take advantage of our discipleship opportunities and find all of the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, God wants you to know His love and compassion are real. He wants you to be truly set free. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now, what next step can you take in drawing closer to our gentle, righteous, gracious Jesus? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ United Methodist Church, Greetings from Stavropol, South District of Eurasia United Methodist Church. We thank you for your faithful ministry with us in mission together. Six years ago, you helped us to buy a car for our ministry with the Romani Gypsy children in Stavropolsky Krai. We called that car Grace. At that time, it was four years old, but it was in good condition. God has used your gift greatly. The car has been helping us to reach Romani families. It became grace on wheels. Because the car turned 10 years old, it was time to say goodbye to it and to get a newer car. Dear friends, this is my request to you. God needs to show his grace, love and care for poor children. God's grace needs new wheels. My goal is to reach more families. And I believe that there will be Romani and Russian people we are reaching here in Novotroitske that will be standing before the throne someday because of your giving. Thank you for your readiness to share with us in our work for the Lord. We pray that God will provide for you for being so good to us. Blessings to you and to your families. Love in Christ. Yours in Christ, Irina. So Lisa, with all the snow, I've been parking in the garage and I asked my friend, to, you know, let me know when I hit the wall. And you know what he says to me? I hear this crash. And he says, 348. 348? Yeah. That's... He let me know when I hit the wall at 348. Thank you for watching the first of a seven part series on Holy Week. Join us each Sunday through Easter as we consider each of the seven days and their amazing impact upon our lives. Pastor Wayne is leading a four-week study on keeping the Sabbath holy, the fourth commandment. Contact the office to sign up for this refreshing adventure beginning Tuesday, February 23rd at 6.30 p.m. The challenges of raising your children don't end when they turn 18. Hurting Parents Support Group can help you navigate those trials. Hurting Parents meets next on February 21st at 5 p.m. You can find all of this information on our website, cumctulsa.com.